Welcome to the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Qu- question. Have you guys ever had to wait for anything? Ugh, I hate waiting. Constantly. I don't want to wait. Hur- hurry up and wait. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest concepts as a freelancer to deal with waiting for anything. I think we should talk about patience this week. Okay. I agree. I like it. You know how like you get all stressful before the night before? Does anybody else get stressful the night before when they have to like do something the next day? <laughs> and you can't and you can't sleep. Like you got some kind of big appointment or whatever. That to me like the, 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 ugh, it's like torture having to wait. Like, even like as a little kid, you're like, we're going to Disney world tomorrow and I have to wait an entire night. Now, this I, is crazy. I think patience is not a skill. Anyone is innately born with, right? No one like, is like, patience I love to wait. is a virtue. that's our first quote of the episode heard that i feel like i've heard that before i think you're right jake patience is a virtue um but i think there's a there's a lot of angles to this so we're you know we're rolling into spring 2021 and thinking about like the future and contemplating the past and everyone's making choices patience is something that not many people cultivate and from my industry, marketing, I encourage you to avoid it. Don't wait. Just get it right now. Buy now. <laughs> Just buy, buy it now. now. Um, it's kind of my favorite thing ever. However, it's super important as a freelancer to, to develop this quality. So maybe we just go around and, and Brandon, I'd love to get your, your thoughts kind of in the process. You're, you're working through your new, you know, work schedule, your, process for finding clients how have you found patience to be like how does that sit on the scales for you uh well there's a reason i propose that we talk about this yeah it's a it's a big deal and i think i think because of all of us just the nature of working for ourselves and being part of the internet generation that started to get it as young people and start to use it more and more no i'm extremely impatient um and it just gets worse with being more and more connected. So that's a problem. But I think for if you're running a business and you're working for yourself, it's even more critical. So your example you just gave for me. So I've changed my work. I'm trying to do something new, this DIY PR approach. Um, So I've been pitching a ton of investors, a ton of startups, having a bunch of meetings, talking about it. And, you know, would I like to be further along in it? Of course. The, the companies I've worked with, it's gone extremely well. They've been happy. So I'm just trying to find more people that fit into this narrow interest. So I've, I've had a lot of meetings, gone very well. Almost everyone says it's a great idea. But then guess what happens at the end? But we would like someone to help us with it. Big surprise. Like they're, they, they like the idea of doing it, but then they're like, when it comes down to it, 
they still there's some hesitancy for certain companies that they this DIY approach isn't for them. So the temptation for me and what I've I even did it on one or two of the meetings before I could catch myself. I started to talk about, well, this is what I lead with. But, you know, I am a PR agency and I've done this and this. So I'm already making a way out from what I led with because I'm becoming impatient. Now, I know there's hundreds, thousands of startups that would want to do the DIY approach for a variety of reasons. I've got to find them. That's going to take time. It's, it's, it's a profitable audience, and I know that it can sustain my business for, I think, the rest of my business. But I have to find that exact startup, that, inv- that exact investor. And I've had tons of interest, tons of meetings. I got a bunch of meetings next week. And a lot of this will pay off over time. But I, you, you have to keep reminding yourself that when you want something to happen, it doesn't mean it necessarily happens. You can, you can create good momentum to make it happen, just like I am right now. I know that it's going to pay off in the end, but those first few months as a freelancer of trying something new, you need to be prepared to have your patience tested because the first thing you get tempted to do is to go back the old ways of doing things where you know it worked and people paid you, but are you committed to your business and the way you want it to be? Are are you going to make concessions? Now, I just just before I move on to you guys on that one, I'm not saying I'm never going to go back to the full service PR side. Like I, in, in many ways, I want to do that from time to time just to have some attachment to a company and keep myself fresh, but giving up on the DIY, that's, that's the thing I need to be patient on. Always keep that. But it's just, it's been a learning experience because I haven't had to search for many clients lately. I mean, I think the last time was a couple of years ago before that it was like four or five years. So I've been too comfortable as a freelancer for too long. So this has taught me a lot. So that's, that's my story, but I'm sure you guys have thoughts. No, that, that's the, that's the expression. Actually, you you said too comfortable as you were talking about that, like being uncomfortable is anti-human. None of us like to be uncomfortable. Like you think about your current surroundings. If you're listening to this, wherever you're at, what are your surroundings? Like you probably have things that you need within arm's reach. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's a cold beverage. Maybe it's a pillow. Whatever it is, maybe it's a cat on your lap. I don't know if you drive with your cat. That's weird. People do it. I've seen it. Um, but like we, we, it's we an emotional support comfort. cat, by the way. Emotional support cat. I have emotional support ostrich, which is which is an absolute nightmare. Those things are huge and unruly. Um, <laughs> I don't, for the record. But being uncomfortable is hard as humans. We we try to close that gap the moment that we get it. Um, have you guys ever thought about what it would be like to be on stage as a comedian and to tell a joke and have no one laugh? Rough. Yikes. I've never experienced it before because I'm not a stand-up comedian. Um, but I do think that that's a good exercise to put ourselves in a place that makes us uncomfortable because that helps us develop patience. So, Brandon, I applaud you for putting yourself in a place where you can be uncomfortable because Growth only happens in uncomfort. It's true. Yes, sir. Through the pain, through the sacrifice. No pain, no gain. Be able to learn. Yeah. That's right. So how about you guys? Patience in your businesses. I mean, how have you seen the need for it? Or maybe in some cases, maybe less of a need for it. What about you, Marty? Well, you know, I'm thinking about um, essentially, you know, 
when you're going to make that transition, um, especially if you're working full time right now and you're thinking about becoming a freelancer, um, when is the right time to switch? You know, do you do you wait uh, until you have enough money to to last you for three months to six months to pay all your bills or or do you you know, when is when is the right time? Um, I think, you know, everyone's got it, their own circumstances, their own setup, their own wave uh, of being able to either, uh, either. And here's the thing too, you're working from home right now. Most, most of us are, are, if you're in the, well, not most of us, sorry, the industry that I'm in, if you're in the industry that I'm in making websites, working for companies, um, you're most likely working from home. So that means you've got get a pretty decent setup, whether that setup is, is, uh, paid for by your work, or maybe you've actually, uh, invested in your, in your own setup. Um, then you can start thinking about maybe doing that side hustle or, uh, planning out your, your break or your, your initial, um, when you're going to actually go, go ahead and, and go freelance. Um, is it always on your mind? I mean, cause that's the thing. Like if you're talking about it, if you're, I could do this. I could do this better. Or I could, I know that this, the steps that to, to, um, to get this job done, um, on my own more so than, you know, why am I working for the man, all that stuff, you know, that's, the, that's your first step. And that's going to be, you know, you can get really impatient and you can start saying, man, what, you know, when is that going to, when is it going to happen for me? But, um, I think that <laughs> you just gotta be patient. You just gotta make sure the time is right. You don't want to go broke because guess what's going to happen? You're, you're going to just like Brandon was talking about. I mean, as soon as you get some adversity, as soon as that bank account starts to get a little bit too low, you know, uh, maybe this isn't going to last. So make sure you're set up right. Make sure you're set up uh, to, to be successful. Um, and, you know, it may have to, you may have to wait a little longer than you, than you hoped for, but You'll get there if you keep keep working at it. I think. I, I think you're. I think you're right, man. I think you're right, spot on. And actually, I think one of the biggest challenges to being patient is comparing yourself to others and looking at other people's progress. It's very easy to look at somebody else and to not see the iceberg level depth below the water of work they've put in to get where they're at. You know, we've talked about this in previous episodes about imposter syndrome and just wanting more. So I think develop developing that level of patience so here here's where my mind goes in that context based on my background which was teaching dance specifically ballet ballet is a very hard art form it takes a long time to learn the nuances of it an even longer time to become good at it in fact anyone who does that every week for nine months of the year sometimes 11 months of the year for five, 10, 15 years, they, they put in that grinding work before they even get a chance at being in that company level success platform. That in my mind has helped me understand that patience is not, it's easier when you look at it, like what does the day to day look like? Well, what can I do today that's going to further impact my growth in my field? So whatever industry you're in, if you're in design or marketing or PR or music or dance, whatever the industry that you're in, I think helping what helps patients is stop looking at the five years down the road and pull that camera view into the immediate. What can I do today that's going to help me become a better 
person tomorrow, a better business person tomorrow, better skilled at my craft tomorrow. What can I do today that's going to, that I'm going to look back tomorrow and go, I'm very thankful that I did yesterday what I did yesterday. So I think patience and regret are often tied hand in hand. When you have patience and you're working hard, you have less regret. When you don't have patience and you push ahead and you jump and you skip things, you miss things, you race for the end goal without the proper planning, it, sorry, you said it great, Brandon, patience is a virtue. And it's a virtue that saying exists because people that are patient realize their goals. And if you don't, if you're not patient, those goals, they seem like they're going to happen and they don't. And that's a life full of regret. So I'm, I think patience is a learned behavior, but stop comparing yourself to other people and think about what can I do today that's going to make me a better version of myself tomorrow. And sidebar, I actually saw this the other week um, or the other day, someone saying that that concept of becoming the best version of ourselves. I don't think there is a best version of yourself that that implies that there is a there is a version of you that is perfect. And there isn't. There is no version of us that is perfect. Each one of us on our different levels is the best we are at the time that we are knowing what we know. So I, I, I think this concept of patience cannot be overstated to take a step back. Don't compare. Work on yourself today. And you will be amazed at the results in the future. So there's my two cents. You guys didn't know you're going to get a TED Talk today. That was great, Jake. <laughs> that was off the that was off the cuff too, I'm man. Super passionate like about this, man. Yeah. Super passionate about this. Yeah. So if you're your business, Jake, I mean for your business specifically, Marty talked a little bit about the transition from, you know, normal job to freelance, but do you have any examples of needing to show patience? Right now, <laughs> man. Right now. I We're I'm, in the same boat somewhat. Yep, we're in the yep. It's I really want to niche down to a specific industry. And I've mentioned this on previous episodes, working with the, the beer industry breweries. And I want to do that because I was actually working on, this is my little story brand. I've been working on some of my story brand stuff. Um, but I honestly believe that if a brewery is able to get its story told, that it, it will create raving fans with each and every sip. Like, the challenge is that there are businesses and, and the breweries are just one take of it, but there are tons of industries. They, people have a passion. They can't have their voice heard and they go out of business. And it's not because they're not good at what they do. It's because they don't have the right vehicle to amplify the voice. Every fiber of my being wants to be a generalist in marketing right now. I'm not going to lie. Every fiber of my being wants to go, you know what? I will help every small business everywhere. They're all struggling. They need the help. So the patience that I'm currently working on <laughs> is pulling it back in and going, no, this is what I need to do because this is the market that I can serve the best if they have my undivided attention. Yeah. And you, you can really drill down on what the problems and, and the solutions that these breweries are, are they need and what they what they're looking for you understand where they're coming from um it's going to allow you to grow in that and in and in, in understanding uh that client that specific 
uh, industry so much more so than you would if you were uh, stretched in every direction. Unfortunately, um, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to help as many people as you can if you don't understand where it all it's all coming what, what these guys are going through. Girls and guys, breweries are going through. Here's here's my analogy. Who wants to go to a grocery store and buy a product that says this is cheese? That's it. It's all it says. Cheese. And you buy it and you're like, I wonder what kind of like, no, we're just we're cheese. If it was some kind of indie, cheese co. like cheese thing, like this is cheese, and that was like a super like kind of being a little bit a little bit ironic about it, I would I might buy it. Okay. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Uh, just I, would, so I'd probably I like it. There's I would a laugh and say, you know what? That's right. That's, that's right. How you do it. That's this how you is do cheese, it. and that's it. And I'm gonna buy you because I love I love where you're coming from. So there is a market for that, which I love. But the grand the grand majority is like you go to the store and a recipe calls for mozzarella. You want mozzarella. It calls for sharp cheddar. You want sharp cheddar. You don't want a generalist. You want a specialist when it comes to cheese. And I think freelance work is no difference. What's your cheese? You know, what's your cheese? We, you guys, <laughs> we got a second TED talk on this podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, you got two TED talks for the price of zero. That's amazing. Man, Jake. No, I, so I'm, I, I got to go to Marty because on this, I... I in the design world, patience. I can only imagine because it's so specific. And then working with clients and their feedback. I know like Jake and I are in a similar industry, but design with patience has to be a completely different animal. I can only imagine. So do you have thoughts on that, Marty? Well, I have some serious thoughts on that, but I don't want to offend anyone on my <laughs> thoughts. Well, so here's, here's the thing. <laughs> everyone everyone can be creative okay everyone can be you could you can be creative and you can have good ideas um but the the execution behind those ideas are probably uh they might be missing some things and everyone can say well I, you know i can take that and i can make it look good or i can do this and i can make it you know so being a designer um if you don't have that experience, if you don't have the discipline behind it, if you don't understand why things are going to fall together correctly, what, uh, I mean, just if look up the UX design principles, if you haven't ever seen that before and look at all the things that have to, that go into, um, why you think something looks good and why you don't, why, or why something is usable or why, why a, an app works and this other app doesn't work. Um, design is such a, um, it is, a, it's an extremely hard thing to, to be able to say, Hey, I can do this and you can't, um, because you were, I mean, anyone can learn to be a designer and everybody can have good ideas, but it's, again, it's that experience. It's understanding where you're coming from, uh, where, where, why this works over this other thing with the, the principles behind it, um, uh, being able to, to, uh, clearly show, Hey, this is why we came to this decision. Uh, this is why this is going to work for you. This is why that's going to work for your website, or this is why this is going to work for your brand. Um, this is, you know, this is the story behind that. Um, all of those things, just the surface of what's behind, uh, creating a good design. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, 
you know, you can, you kind of have to just let your designer be the designer, you know, um, just, just let them be the designer and you tell them, you tell them what your problem is and they'll fix it. I, I hear what you're saying, Marty, is that the client needs to exercise patience. <laughs> we can be patient with our clients too. Um, okay. We, we can also, okay. we can also be, and we can also be a resource for our clients because um, I think a lot of the times, you know, there's pretty funny websites out there that you'll have client come up with these ridiculous requests and, you know, the designer is the smart person in the, in the conversation or in the comic and the client's the idiot. But I don't think we should look at our clients that way. Um, they're, they're the experts in their, in their industry or they're the experts in their business. We are the ones that are trying to be a resource or a tool or a guide to help them, uh, you know, especially if you're a designer, help them express that uh, in a better way. You know, we don't know their business. That's why we go in it. You know, anytime I'm designing something for someone or a website for a company or whatever, there's a lot of interviews and a lot of go back and forth and a lot of trying to understand where they're coming from, where they want to be, what their problems are, and then being able to do that and then take it and design something for them, whatever that is. Um, so, you know, we can definitely, you know, I feel like if you're frustrated with your client, you haven't talked to them enough or you haven't explained them enough. There are definitely tough clients out there, but if you, if you have a, if you try to really either hop on zoom or give them a phone call, don't just do it over email and communicate, have a good, have a good session where you can actually talk about what you're trying to accomplish together, really understand what they really want. Because sometimes they'll say, Hey, this is what I want. And they're, and then, you can be like, no, I think this is what you want. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's what I want. You know, that happens all the time. So, yeah. Well, I patience think that I, I think that's great. I think we've we've kind of touched on patience at multiple different levels. So what we'd love is if if this topic resonated with you, hit us up on any anywhere, email, Twitter, Insta, wherever. Let us know how patience has affected you or the challenge that you're facing with being patient, whether it's personally or on the flip side of like Marty was talking about dealing with clients. So I think uh, patience is a fantastic topic. We'll go through all of the 914 different virtues that are required to be a freelancer. <laughs> so this was just one of 914. So um, save. We've got our next thousand episodes almost planned. That's great. That's that's yes. right. Super easy. Okay. Um, let's jump to the freelance dance picks of the week. And yeah. gents, I would love to go first. Is that okay? Go first, Jake. Please. Do it. Okay. I ask permission because I wanna I wanna exercise restraint. Another topic <laughs> that could be good for a podcast. Anyway. Oh. Um all right, so a few weeks ago, I replaced my laptop with the new MacBook Pro 13-inch, the M1 processor. Um, I am not a power user of <laughs> MacBooks. Um, I use it for pretty basic things, right? I'm, I, I use Adobe no, Suite. No, you're a power user. Come on. Okay, uh, is a okay maybe I am. Do you use it for am. a business? Do you use it for a business? Yeah, is that power and user? And then you're a power user. Okay. Do you, do you use Adobe apps? Because I think you do. Okay. I do. That means so you're a power user. That does make me. Okay. My, you guys, this is great. I'm adding that to my LinkedIn bio right now. <laughs> um, 
so here is here is my my takeaway from because I had a 16 inch MacBook Pro this was replacing so I have a 13 inch now. Um, here are some things that are different. Screen size. It is a much smaller screen than the 13 compared to the 16. Smaller screen. Um, Here's what I've done differently. With the 13-inch, I've actually purchased a standalone keyboard, the extra-wide keyboard, and the standalone trackpad. So, because I wanted to not have that computer sitting directly in front of me, I have multiple monitors. That is the extent of the similarities. Or the differences. Similarities? Oh, I said differences. Anyway, big thing that same Sir Marty... Same difference. Same difference. Uh, that Sir Marty, as I was about to buy this, he said, well, are you able to connect more than one monitor? And I was like, I'll buy a hub. It's no big deal. We'll figure this stuff out. Turns out, not so easy. Um, M1 Mac does not natively allow you to hook up more than one external monitor. Really? So Really? So, so the 13 inch has two USB-C ports. Now my monitors that I have, they're um, Lenovo. They actually supply power to the Mac. I don't have a power supply plugged into my Mac and my Mac is fine. Um, However, I cannot plug in both my monitors to my two USB-C and power both of them. Um, And yeah. I know. I think I understand that because on the, on the, like on my 17 inch, I mean, my no, what is it? 15 inch. Um, you, we have four USB C's like you had, you had in your 16 mm-hmm. inch, the, the top two actually have, they, they recommend that you only use those top two or the, at least the, you know, the very top ones on the, each side and the bottom ones are for your peripherals or, or something else, but not right. using any type of power or anything like that. Uh, right. I didn't know about that until I bought it, but well, so I, I guess if you have only two, on one, it's, it's only, which side is it on? Right or left side? Uh, on so the it's left. Like the, it's on the left. Okay. So I'm currently in my view in front of me. I have my 13 inch. It's on a, uh, a, uh, a puzzle box. So it's eye level. The camera's eye level. But in my current setup, I cannot add an external um, USB webcam. I could not hook that into my system because I don't have enough ports to power the monitor. Oh. My microphone, which is also this and an external drive. So if you have a lot of connections, I think the M1 as it stands is limiting. However, Apple has promised that in a future iOS update or OS update, Mac OS update, that that ability will be there. And there are there are hacks and workarounds of people that have the Mac mini and the the M1 MacBook Pro with four monitors tied to it, but it requires extra drivers, certain um, extra hubs that are out of stock. So I'm currently sitting at looking at my MacBook Pro. I've got a beautiful 27-inch monitor to my left, and the one to my right is just a black screen that's not powered on. So it's a very heavy paperweight. Um <laughs> But I, I like there's it. A, as- there's an update today. There was an update today for Big Sur that prevents MacBook Pro 2019 or later and the MacBook Air 2020 or later models from incurring damage when they are connected to certain third-party non-compliant powered USB-C hubs and docks. So maybe okay. that may help with something. Yeah, because I, 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 I have a hub. That came in today, I think. Okay. 
That, hmm. that came in hot, man. I guess I've exercised my patience and I've waited. <laughs> so good. This came in. Full circle. Um, <laughs> Jake, full you have circle. to speak so about, you have to speak about the, So the biggest thing on the M1 Mac is the speed. Yeah. You haven't mentioned the speed. Yeah. I feel like you're dancing around freelance dancing around this topic. Like I know. maybe you don't use the apps that you notice it, but everyone talks it, about how, how, how here's the test. When you shut the lid, yep. everyone acts like when you wake it up from sleep, it's like an iPad instant. Have you noticed that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I've not had to wait he's, for anything. He's not, he's not impressed. He's not impressed. Yeah. You're not you impressed. Like it should have, it should have, it should have worked like that from the beginning, you know, like it should have. What? Yeah. Here, here's uh, what the deal. About, what about battery performance? I, everybody's everybody's saying battery performance is amazing. Have I have yet that? to unplug it from my setup and use it remotely. See, um, yeah. this review is not going to make the press quotes. No. <laughs> we're not going to be on the next keynote. I think uh, where our hopes no. of being quoted in an no. Apple keynote have gone away. Thanks, Jake. What about like opening Microsoft Word or Excel? Like on on even on my the latest iMac. Uh, that Apple makes, it still takes about three, four, or five seconds to open stupid Excel. Haven't done and it, and I never want to open it. You haven't done it. No, nope. done it. Here's what Can I will you tell you. Me? I Can exported. You just do it for me? I don't even have it installed on my computer, man. I I exported audio files for you to to edit the episode for last week, the intro and the outro. Yeah. Normally, an edit for an entire episode to export takes approximately four to five minutes of it like going slowly on the previous machine. Really? Really. And I'm probably, it's probably 90 to 120 seconds. I don't know if I'd right. leave my computer. I don't have that kind of attention span. Um, <laughs> this, he doesn't this, have the patience. I don't have the <laughs> yeah. patience for that. You're right. Full circle. Um, exporting those audio files. Literally I hit export and it was done. I That's didn't big. even see a progress bar. So that is big. Um, I'm excited to use it for more than just web browsing. And all of my AI applications, all of my Illustrator files have opened and closed fast. Adobe XD opens super fast. Even ones that have, you know, dozens of screens or dozens of artboards. So I let's put it this way. Not once since I've had this have I had to have a thought about it processing. That's great. That is, that's great. It's, ne- it's never come up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very pumped about that. Yep. Well, so you're, you, even my, if that's a, if that's pick. a conservative estimate, like 90 seconds to export an audio track and you're saying it's instant now, I mean, that's huge. So, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're noticing it without even realizing it, but that's a good thing actually, because you're not noticing waiting. Can, I love it. Can I, I can't wait to get my first would, M1 Mac. I would just me, wish me that too. The, the USB or the uh, Bluetooth external keyboard had the touch um for the fingerprint sensor yeah I wish there's yeah. there's no way to do that over bluetooth out of security it has to be it's housed in hardware for the mac so yep. still i have to reach up and extend my arm full reach tap um, that you can set up you can set up your watch yeah and i've done that too i've done that too i do it for my watch all the time okay i missed i do miss that from going from the macbook pro to the imac I miss the touch ID. Yeah. Um, they do have external USB touch IDs, but eh. it's for another episode. So that's, that's my pick guys. That's I I've used it. That's my review. Take it or leave it. MacBook pro M one 13 inch. We'll take it. Jake Thanks, out. Jake. Yes.
All right, who's next? You go, Brandon. Okay. So I've mentioned this before. I think a very early episode I searched and looked for it, two or three, but I'm making it a pick because I'm using it a lot. And it's called Crunch Base. And let's just put it this way. If you if your freelance business involves tech companies or startups, or you want it to involve tech companies or startups in any way, and you need to sell clients on work, you need Crunchbase. It's 350 bucks a year. You will not regret this. This is this is everything you want it to be. So for me, I mean, I, I've been mentioning I'm starting a new business, so I'm pitching a lot of people. Well, how do you find companies to pitch? <clears throat> you use Crunchbase. So using Crunchbase, and I've been focusing on Switzerland, of course, using Crunchbase, I can go in there and I can say, I want investors that invest in this level financing, in this amount, in this location, that have this many partners. You can filter this thing till the end of times. And it gives you all the results and exports them as a spreadsheet. Beautiful. This gets even more interesting when you're looking for companies to pitch. So say you're, for example, like me with PR, but anyone, marketing design, you have a sweet spot of a client in terms of company size or maybe region or industry they work with. All of these are search parameters on Crunchbase. So I can say, I want, I want Swiss, I want Swiss startups in Geneva that have less than 10 employees that have raised 1.2 million plus that have these two investors that raised their last round two years ago. I mean, you can just narrow this thing down, 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 down to find your ideal client and then just get those. And this is worldwide. Crunchbase is worldwide. So if you know who your client is, you can just within a couple clicks get the most incredible pitch list with all the details, all the contact information, um, and you're good to go. So I, I know a lot of the freelancers work in tech, just like the three of us do, to variety of degrees. But man, that three hundred fifty dollars a month or a year, be correct on that three fifty a year, is just a steal if you are looking for clients and that's part of your business. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. It it is just a database basically, but finding that is very difficult. You you have to have current data. You need you know a company behind it. So Crunchbase, you need it. Check it out. That's awesome, man. That's thirty bucks a month on average. Yeah, you man, pay 30, yearly, but yeah, thirty bucks, 30 bucks a month. month. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, great, Love great it. pick, great yep. pick, um, Marty. You yes. have something I feel like we've patiently waited for. Oh, really? Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to do something completely different a little bit. Uh, this is something more of a, on a fun kind of thing. Um, we're all at home. We're watching YouTube. You know, I like to watch YouTube. You like to watch YouTube? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, my wife thinks this is hilarious that I watch this channel on YouTube, but I do. And I've, I find it relaxing and I can sit there and watch it for hours. Um, in fact, the other night I actually did. And it was like, instead of watching a show, I just watched this YouTube channel for whatever reason. I was, as I fell asleep at nine 30 at night. Anyway, <laughs> the channel is called city planner plays. I know this is super random, but anyway, I'm a big fan of the game city skylines. Okay. Um, I've like, it's been around, I don't know. It's been around for a while. 
Um, and they've come up with, they've come out with like DLCs for extra stuff that you can add to your cities. And, um, you know, is this like I, a, I'm, like a Sims, like a Sims 2.0, right. 3.0, 5.0. Okay. So like, yeah. So like back in the day when I was a little kid, I would go to my uncle's house in Pennsylvania and he, he would break out his floppy disks and put it in his PC and pull up, pull up Sim city. And then SimCity 3000 came out and then I think SimCity, oh no, SimCity 2000 and 3000. So in SimCity was, I mean, it was pretty popular. It was awesome, but you could create, you know, residential, commercial, industrial, and, and, uh, you get special buildings and all this stuff. Well, city skylines is basically your modern day, like expansion on that. And it's, it's insane. And I will say though, that, um, you have to, I would like, I think you'd have to have a pretty decent PC to play it on, especially if you want to get up into the hundreds and two hundred thousands of, of, uh, <laughs> of residents or, or as they call them Sims, but not Sims like S I M back in the day, they call them Sims like C I M because it's uh city skylines. But anyway, um, this guy, I love listening to him plan or play because, or watch him play because he's an actual urban planner. Um, he, he's, he's been in the industry and he actually like, as he's building, he kind of like, he builds it to as, as realistic as he can. I mean, he talks about, uh, foundations and like where you would put the, uh, the city sewer and where you would put, you know, or, or sewer pipes and where you would put electricity and why a road wouldn't do this or why a road would do that. And it's really like, it's almost educational on how people go about building cities and then at the same time, it's one of my favorite games or if not my favorite game. And I can just sit there and watch. He's got this cool. He's got this super nice, chill voice and nice, awesome music. And and but there's an interesting point about the music, too. But anyway, uh, and he just he goes he goes through and just he builds a city. And it's like, I'm not the only one who likes this. OK, no, you're not, not like this is this is I, random. Like, I'm not the only one like there's. No. He's got 63,000 subscribers. Game's huge. Huge. He has, a, pa- he has a Patreon. He has a Patreon, has a Patreon account with subscribers. 600, he sells tees, t-shirts, sells merchandise. Uh, 650,000 views is one of his, one of his uh, popular ones. Um, I mean, he's got a ton of content and he does a really, really good job at what, you know, describing it and kind of like, you know, in the game, you know, he, he tells you about, you know, Hey, we're going to build a fishing town tonight or here. Hey, we're going to build forest industry today. So, I mean, if that's, if you're into it, whatever, you know, this thing to me is like, I, uh, it's really nice. It's, it's relaxing. It's relaxing. I'm not watching some random TV show. It's like something that I'm interested in and, um, I enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, so I, it's, it's cities planner plays just Google it on YouTube. If you like it, um, check out city skylines too. Um, I've been, I've been, trying to play it every now and then, but I almost like watching this guy play it more than me playing it. So, um, I dig it. That that's an awesome pick, man. That's an awesome pick. And that is a version of esports. Yeah. Right. No, it is. I bet it is. Yeah. A version of esports. The other thing I wanted to mention too, was like, I was watching, or I was watching it the other night and then I was like, wow, that song sounds really familiar. And what song is playing? our podcast intro <laughs> oh no no way <laughs> yeah no so i i mean 
for whatever, for whatever. I mean, he most likely purchased it like we did. So we purchased our, we, we, we didn't compose our podcast intro, obviously. Uh, it, the song is called cats walking. I think you could even listen to it on iTunes if you wanted to, but it, it's, you know, available for purchase, uh, to, to, to use in your broadcast or podcast or YouTube video. And we, we, we used it and he used it. And I just was like, and it's such a, like, I mean, it's just like a, Hey, welcome to city skyline, you know, so, <laughs> city planner place. So, I mean, it, you know, that I thought that was hilarious. I was like, yes. We're Amazing. on the same page. We're yeah, it, it all lines up. So I like it. I like it. Your point about watching people play over playing is huge. I mean, that's the whole audience for Twitch, anyways. But you, what you just said, made me think of when I recommended Microsoft Flight Simulator back in the beginning of the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I got stuck watching professional pilots play Microsoft Flight Simulator, and you want to talk about fascinating? Going through every checklist and every switch is there. Oh wow! Like that's the exact same experience. It's like therapeutic just to watch an expert. Just just fly from coast to coast, just like building a city. But that that actually sounds awesome. I'm checking that out. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, his I mean, just the, his explanations behind things to me is also what kind of it, it adds to it adds to the show, I think. So the, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm telling you, this, I think, is mind blowing because we were kids who played video games. And do you remember what our parents used to say? Like, stop wasting your time. Get outside and do something fun. There are literally people that are making a living playing video games. And I didn't, I didn't understand the allure to it until I downloaded Twitch probably a year ago. And I was just scrolling through things. And I was like, oh, this person is a Sims zoo. Next thing I know, it's been 20 minutes and I'm watching this dude feed a tortoise. I'm like, I, why, what am I, what am I doing with my life? And I'm like, but you know what though? You know, your reality shows are absolute garbage. Yeah. And they don't teach you anything. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and entertainment to ev- each. Millions yeah. of people watch them. Yes. Well, you know what I think is fun is interesting too, is that like um, little kids for whatever reason love watching uh, uh, other people or other kids open presents or open boxes. Yeah. That's like, huge. Like two one or two year olds, like just uh, that they, they, they like, they love it. And I, to me, that's, that tells you about a generation that's coming. Right. I mean, what kind of what kind of YouTube videos are they going to be watching or or subscribe? Who's going to be the most popular person who opened up a a box of (laughs) whatever, a new a new uh, piece of technology or a new iPhone? Would you you guys subscribe to my new YouTube channel? It's just me um, opening up bottles of sparkling or uh, cans of sparkling water. That's it. Each episode is just one can. And I just open it slowly and I pour it into a glass. You hear the bubbles and that's it. Would you guys subscribe? You'd force us to. Well, I would. To. I would force. We're your yeah, friends. We'd we have, have to. A we wouldn't have a choice. <laughs> but I'd enjoy it. The, the support is real. They would. They would. You guys would actually um, patiently enjoy what I do. So I, I appreciate that. You I had to get one that. more in. One more. One in. more. Man, if I could get thirteen more, I would. But all right. Well, those are awesome picks, you guys. Um, this is, this was fun. I I do think in the future as we as we talk about other qualities that are important for freelancers i think that'll like we just you know discussing patience i think is one but there's a lot more to discuss so again if you have a suggestion about a quality that you struggle with or you think is really important in that space please please let us know but um until next time gents see ya 
Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore freelance dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.